0: we doing tonight, eh? Good? Yeah. Man, it's awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, I had something for you tonight, you know, just to, to challenge young people especially. But it doesn't matter whether you're young or old. did not Steve doing well tonight? I he was pumping hot tonight. I enjoyed that. And Anna, that's got the, the best offering message I've heard. I felt inspired. I thought, oh, 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 I need to do more. You know, and when I get, well, I reckon that's fantastic when young people can preach like that and just inspire us, eh? Did you feel that? Do you feel something like that inside your shift? Well, that's it. So do something, you know. We've got to just not hear it. We've got to do it. And obviously Anna's made some great choices to, that have shifted her life. And uh, she'll share those with you too. You're on the youth and she'll tell you what God's done in her life. We're in for a great time tonight. I want to share something that's going to really get you thinking. And uh, whether you're young or old, this will want to get, get you thinking tonight. We're going to talk tonight about redeeming your time. Redeeming your time. Redeeming the time. Anyone got the time, by the way? What's the time? Well, oh. Okay, all right then. So I've got a little bit of time. I've got to redeem it. I've got to use it well. And uh, I want to just really, uh, I want to share some things. I want to just uh, do a demonstration tonight. Going to just, I want you to think about your life. Over, over the season, we're talking about purpose. If you went there this morning, I encourage you to get the CD this morning about some of the steps to discovering your purpose. Why purpose in life is important, how you can go discover it. And next week we'll carry on to some of the simple things, how you can begin to discover the purpose you have with your life. Let me tell you this, the most valuable thing you have is your life. You've only got one of it, and it's already ticking away. You can't get the time back. The one thing you can't get back. You can lose money and get it back. You can lose time. You can never get it back. You've only got one lot of time. You can't get it back. But the Bible says we can redeem it. And I'll explain what that means. And some things you've got to do. Not everything, but some things you got. Let's have a look in uh, Psalm uh, chapter uh, 90 and uh, verse 12. Psalm 90 verse 12. I think Kevin was ministering on this last week. touched on this area here. So let's just start off there. And uh, and the psalmist is saying this. He said, Lord, teach us to number our days. Uh, Teach us to number our days. So number our days means that we count up how many days we reckon we've got on this life. And we begin to realize one by one they're running out. To number your days means... Instead of thinking, like young people think, man, I got all the life ahead of me, years ahead of me. Listen, you ain't got it all ahead of you. You only got a certain amount of time. Here's the problem. You don't know how much you've got. If you knew how much you got, then that'd be fine. If you don't know how much you got, it's a problem. See, if I told you tonight that the doctors have given a report on you, it's irreversible, you have one week to live. Suddenly, what would change in your life? Now, if you are wasting your life, immediately everything unimportant stops and immediately you identify what's important and you start your life doing the things that are really important in that last week you've got. In other words, when you have numbered your days, when you're aware you have a finite time, you begin to think how I can use the time to the most constructive and most purposeful way. Isn't that right? Now imagine if you've got the, the report and you've got seven days and at the end of seven days you'll, you'll die. What would you do that you're not doing now? Well, that thing you better start doing tomorrow. See, because the moment you get that kind of news, you know it's irreversible, the shock, you get angry about it, you get upset about it, you, you wrestle with it, oh, they're going to blame someone, but then you actually come to the point of accepting it. But then you actually immediately have to reprioritize what's important. Do you think getting a million bucks of money is going to be important if you've got seven days to live? What do you think? What would be important for you if you've got seven days to live? Now, that is what's important today for you. If you had only seven days to live, whatever would be important in that time to you is important now. And the only reason it's not important is because you think you've got a lot of time. And you can get around to it sometime. But I found when you say you're going to get around to it, you don't ever get around to it. You've got to actually decide now. So I want to encourage you to think tonight about your life. So he says, let us number our days. Here's the reason. In other words, what he's saying is very simply is this. He's saying we need to recognize our life on this earth has got a span of time and then it's over. And in that span of time, we should apply our heart. We should apply our inner man. We should apply ourselves to wisdom. Wisdom is literally knowing what God wants us to do and when he wants us to do it. It's really simple. What does God want you to do with your life? And when does he want you to do certain things? So applying your heart to wisdom means discovering what God called you to do with your life and beginning to apply yourself to do it. Think about that. So when you're at school now, you've got one week to live. Well, probably physics won't be very important to you. Maybe it isn't important already, eh? <laughs> Maths won't be very important either. But uh, if you have time to live, then it is important. So I want to talk a little bit about some of those things. So wisdom is doing the right thing at the right time. And we need to value the time because time is the period within you have opportunities to do things and get things done. Time is the period where you have opportunity to get things done. Now, I want to start off with this because we've been talking about this over the last few days, the uh, last few Sundays. God has a purpose for your life. It's absolutely clear when God makes something, he makes it with a purpose in mind. Uh, Whenever a person creates something, they make it with a purpose in mind. You make a a, a manufacturer, puts a tool together, he has a purpose for the tool. You don't look at the tool and you say, what's that for? And use it for something else. You'll abuse it because you don't know its purpose. So God had a purpose. Before you ever came into this world, God had a purpose for your life. And we're going to demonstrate and show in a way that will help you to see how how short life is and how important it is right now at this stage, this time, this season, you need to do some things. It'll vary what each of us does, but we all need to apply our hearts to wisdom. The opposite of wisdom or being a wise person is being a foolish person. The opposite of being wise is being foolish. So if you're not wise, you're foolish. The Bible says the fool says there is no God. The fool says no to God. I'm going to to run my life the way I want. But the wise person realizes, absolutely, I will come before God to give account of my life. I need to be doing the things I'm designed for now. I need now to be serving God. Not tomorrow. I've had people and they say, well, you know, when when I've saved up enough money, then I'll serve God. No, you haven't got that time. You've got today. You oh, well, you know, I'll start tithing when I've got a heap of money. No, no, no. Today you start to serve God. Today is the day to serve God. Say, when do you start serving God? What age do you start serving God? Today you start serving God. Today you make the decisions, I'm going to serve God. Today you decide, I will focus and align my life around what God has purposed for me. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. So uh, one of the most important challenges everyone has in their life is to discover why I'm here and then begin to do it. You see, when God designed you, and we saw in Jeremiah chapter 1, how Jeremiah, God spoke to him, he encountered God, and God said to him, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb... I had a purpose for your life. In other words, long before he was even shake, came into being, God had a purpose, something for him to accomplish, an assignment for his life. And he said, and then I set you apart or I, I prepared that your life would be involved being a prophet to nations. So long before he ever came into being, God had a plan for him like he has for you. And of course, Jeremiah's thoughts were, I'm too young. Don't call me to be a prophet to the nations. God said, don't say I'm too young. I know what I'm doing when I made you. Don't argue with how I made you. I made you to do this thing I've called you to do. Now, God has called you to do something too. It's your responsibility to find what God called you to do and apply your heart diligently to do it. It's your responsibility. It's not mine. I'm fulfilling mine right now. It's yours to discover your purpose. That's why that series, How to Discover Your Purpose, is really important. We were looking at when God designed man, there's some things he created us all to do, and then there's specific things he's created you to do. So we saw in Genesis 1, we saw how God uh, created us in his image and likeness. He created us to represent him, to live our lives and look like us, but act and speak the way God does. With truth, integrity, uprightness, with a loving heart and a loving spirit. And he's called you to reflect what he's like. So when people see you, they see something of what God's like. When you're doing that, you're fulfilling one of your major design purposes. We saw uh, he made us for Relationships. He designed us for a relationship with himself and a relationship with one another. So we need to learn how to build a relationship with God, how to build relationships with people. Now, not all relationships are good. You've got to understand how to build them. That's your responsibility. You're designed for a relationship. If you don't have a relationship with God, you're malfunctioning. If you don't learn to build relationships with others, then you're also malfunctioning. So God called us to do these things. We saw that God called us to have dominion. That meant the word dominion means to bring the life and order of God's kingdom into the earth. Not over people, not rule over people, but over circumstances, over habits, over finances, over over the world around it. We're called to bring God's life into being. That may involve the miraculous and the supernatural, but inevitably it involves discovering what God wants and bringing it into being in your life. We saw then that God called us also to be fruitful or to be productive. He wants you to be productive with your life. A lazy man is going to self-destruct because he's not fulfilling his purpose. We, God called us to be productive. What is happening in your life? Are you a consumer or a producer? You just eat up everything and do nothing? You'll never be fulfilled that way. You'll be down and depressed and you can never get enough of anything to keep you satisfied. God created work for us to do. That work he's called you to do is your purpose and your assignment in life. And no one can tell you all that is. You've got to discover that and outwork that by walking with God. And then we saw the last one, Hagar, uh, spoke to man and spoke to man to reproduce his life. And that reproducing the life not only means having children. It means also that the life, the values that we have learned from God, we put into other people. Uh, Jesus called it discipleship. But it's actually having a positive influence on the people around us so others start to take on the same values. So everyone's called to do those things. And if you're not doing those things, if you're not committed to those things happening, you are missing out on God's design for your life. But I want to just focus around uh, the area of your specific purpose, and particularly the issue of time and why time is so important. Why don't you look with me in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, go back there. Every time I go back in, I'll tackle all the same, same scriptures with a different way of looking at it until you'll get to know it. How many know what Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 is already? Anyone? To everything? Come on, on, the birds made it into a song, you know. Oh, that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. To everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. To everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose. You notice you use the word purpose there. When God brought you into the world, he had a purpose for your life, and you have a season and a time to get it done. Everything in life works that way. I'm going to talk a little bit in a moment about different seasons. So your life operates in seasons. I'll describe those seasons in just a few minutes, which is going to illustrate it. The weather operates in seasons. Now, the interesting thing about seasons, if you do the right thing at the right time in a season, then you get good results. If you do the wrong thing, you don't get good results. So right now, what season is it in the bay? It's summer. So what do you notice happening on the orchards and the vineyards right now? What's all going on? It's a time of harvest, is that right? But it may, may, may perhaps you decide, well, I'm not going to be governed by seasons. I'll do what I want. You, you just let it all go. know I, I, know, it doesn't suit me to be busy going out now. I want to enjoy the beach and have some sun and to live it up and go there. Now listen, what will happen to your harvest? It'll all be gone. And then later on, you'll be poor because you failed to do the right thing in the right season. Seasons are important. We're going to show you in a moment some seasons of your life. Timing and seasons in life are incredibly important. And uh, you'll find that that's why the Bible warns us about making use of time. So there are things to be accomplished in every season. Things we have to do at the right time. Now, if you do something at the right time, it really works positive. If you do it at the wrong time, it's really quite negative. I'll give you an example. Now, this is true everywhere in life. You do the right thing at the right time, it's very positive. Do, do, Do the right thing at the wrong time... It's actually got some problems with it that you never anticipate. I'll give you an example. Suppose now having a child. God's intention is we have children, okay? So a child is born. If that child has been born and it's in the right timing, eh? the right timing. Now what that means is that the girl has got engaged to a guy and they've got married and now they've had a season to adjust their lives together and then she gets pregnant uh, and then she has the baby. In bringing forth that baby, you've got the parents are happy, the grandparents are happy, the family around is all looking forward to that child. They're all excited about the new child. It's wonderful this new child is coming in. It's a great blessing. It's really good. Everything is good in its season and its time. But suppose that same girl, she goes out and she's involved in a sexual relationship you got to understand, God designed sex, so he's into the sex thing. But there's a timing. Outside the right timing and season is a problem. In the right timing and season, it's wonderful. This is how life works. Everywhere life works. There's no violating these principles. And so, suppose the girl has a sexual relationship, she gets pregnant outside marriage. Now, is she going to come home to mum and dad and be really excited about announcing the pregnancy? She won't be. She'll be in dread of it. What was good in the wrong timing now has got problems with it. Okay? She comes home and tells mum and dad, are mum and dad excited? No, they're not. Do you think they're really joyful about that? They're going to go out and tell all their friends, you know, our daughter's just got pregnant, she's got a baby. They're not going to do that. There's problems with this thing because of one thing only, it's out of time and season. Everything out of time and season has got problems with it. God can redeem those, but we need to understand how important it is. how very important. If you take a look at the baby. Just have a look at the development of a baby. Now, you have a baby runs full term, and it's born naturally full term. What is the immediate thing that happens straight away? Well, immediately they put the baby in the mother's arms, and, and the mother's got the baby there. She's home, and she's got the baby in the room, and she's nurturing and loving the baby. It's wonderful in its time. But suppose the baby's prem. Suppose seven and a half to eight months and then the baby is born. Now it's at least a whole month to a little bit longer premature. Now it's a different deal. A beautiful thing, a baby's born, but wrong timing. Wrong timing, this problem. What do they do? Do they put the baby on the mother? You know, I don't think so. They actually get, they put the baby in a little incubator and, and now instead of the baby being actually connected to the mother, it's got connected to pipes and all kinds of other things. See, a great thing But wrong timing creates complications that God didn't intend for us. You have to understand timing and seasons are important. And so in our life, we have to understand our life works on seasons and works on time. We need to recognize the season and recognize the time and align our life to do the right things. Okay, we've got enough so far? All right, then, let's have a look down here. And uh, even God works in certain times. Galatians 4, verse 4, it says, in the fullness of time, God sent a son. Now, what does it mean, the fullness of time? It means God had exactly the right time for Jesus to come into the earth. Now, what was the time that God chose? Here's the time he chose. He chose one time in world history, the first time in world history, where imperial Rome had advanced and built roads and a communication system right through all the known world. And that was when Jesus came into the world. Imperial Rome had arisen. It had conquered all the nations. It had spread right out through to England and right out all across through Europe. And what happened was it was exactly the right time. There were roads that went everywhere. You could travel safely anywhere you wanted to go. And uh, even though there were problems with the Roman Empire, nevertheless, it was the perfect timing for the Son of God to be born and the gospel to go out to every part of the world. Now, worldwide, you'll hear a certain thing happening. You'll hear, if you listen for it, God's talking about world missions, global missions. Why? Because we're in another season in history. Now, there's almost no part of the world, you can't get satellite communication or television. Almost no part, you can't go and you can get there by plane. It's now another season of world history. And so God is saying, in this season, the church must be investing and involved in global mission. Understand? So everything, 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 everything works into times and seasons. Now, let's go down and have a look at uh, uh, verse um, 11. Verse 11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Huh? And He put eternity in their hearts, except no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end, unless God reveals Himself through a relationship. See? And then He says in verse 14, I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. Uh, for what God does, that may, God does it that men might fear. So, notice a couple of things here. Everything is beautiful in its time. So, at the right time, everything's fantastic. When the timing's wrong, things aren't so good. And God has a timing for things to get. Now, what I want to do is just to, uh, to look at this thing that there is a time for every purpose. Now, I'm going to need some volunteers to come up. And we'll just get up. We'll just do it along the front here. And uh, I just want you to get, you don't have to do anything, but I'm going to need about 10 people, uh, different ages. So, we've just got to get some different ages here. Is Bill here? Bill's here. Come on, Bill. Come on, over here, Bill. I need Bill. There we go. Bill, come on, stand over here. Okay, over here. Right over here, right in the front face of all of these young people over here. Come on, Bill. Come on. That's right. That's right. Now, but time's running out, so I'll get on the next one here. Okay, now I need someone who's around, the, who's, uh, who's uh, Bill's, how old are you, Bill? 89. Going on 89. There we go. Come on, give him a clap, eh? 89. Still love Jesus and going well. Okay, all you got to do is just stand there. You just don't have to do anything but stand there. Now, I need someone. Is anyone here around about the 70 age mark? Okay, it doesn't really matter if there isn't. We'll just get some people in. We've got a whitehead man. Come on, right. Come on over here. Just get someone over here. I will make a, a 71 there. Okay, I need someone. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Steve, you can be the 60-year-old over here. Come on. Come on, that's it. There you go. <laughs> okay, I need someone over here who'll be the 50-year-old. Oh 50, you need someone here. Just a volunteer. Come on, here's one over here. It doesn't matter what age, but it will, be, will help that we've got Bill at the other end. Okay, spread out. So we've got, so we've got about uh, 80, 70, uh, 60. Okay, 50, need, some, need a 40. Come on here. We'll get come on over here. Come on, you can come on up there. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here's another 40. Come on, stand over here. All righty. Need a 30-year-old. Okay, that's no. Come on, Terry, you come up, and then you come here. You'll be the 20-year-old. You're about 20-ish or something? 30. Thank you. Well, oh, there you go. Isn't that nice, eh? Oh, okay. Well, just change, okay? Just change with... <laughs> go on, that's it. All right, okay. I need mean, someone to be quite younger. Okay, someone over here. Just a young person. That'll do Come on over here. Just someone stand up. You don't have to do anything. You've only got to stand here, say? Okay, I'd like you just to spread out in a line. Right here, across here. One To Spread out so you've got a good couple of arm's in between you. That's right. That's it. Okay. All righty, that's right. Don't touch anyone and annoy them or anything like that. Okay. All right, now what I want to do is I want you, want you just to look and begin to think about your life. Life has a finite span of time. God is eternal. So it says everything that God does is eternal. So he puts eternity in our heart. And here's the thing you need to understand about yourself. You are not created just for time. You are created for eternity. You're created a spirit person. Therefore, when you die, you do not cease to exist. You just carry on. Once you were brought into this world, time began. When you leave the world, time finishes, but you don't finish. You go on for eternity. So now you're going to start to see things as you start to realize it. So what we've done, we've outlined everyone over here and we've sort of set it up. We need someone over here. It'll be about, somebody could just stand here. A real young one here. Just a little one here. That's right. Come on over. Just stand over here. You don't have to do anything. You can start over here. That's fantastic. Good man. Okay, come on. You stand over here. All right then. Okay, then we've got it all spread out over here. All right then now. So what we're doing is we're looking at the stage from a child being born, coming to 10, coming to 20, coming to 30, Coming to 40, coming to 50, dear God, I'm getting old. Hey, slow down. Coming to 60, hey, 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 I'm here. Coming to 70, and then coming up into the 80s, nearly 90. All right, then. Now, everyone here is somewhere on that timeline. So let me just talk about time. See, to everything, there is a, there's a season for everything, a time for every purpose. So before you came into the world, you see, God had a purpose. So He started with a purpose. Now, for that purpose to be fulfilled, he had to create someone to fulfill the purpose. He made you for that purpose. So when you arrived in the world as a young baby, there's something God wants you to accomplish with your life on the earth, and he gives you a season of time within which you can carry it out. So time for you began when you were born, but wherever this is on this line that you die, your time ends. Now you're in eternity. You don't stop being. You're in eternity. You'll have the thoughts you have now. You'll have the memories you have now. You'll have all kinds of things you have now. You'll know the people that you knew. The Bible says Jesus talks about a man who who went to hell and says in hell he remembered his brothers and he remembered his life that he lived on the earth. He remembered it all. He carried his thoughts, his memories, his emotions, his feelings into eternity. You will too. I will too. So now we look at this and we see that this represents now time and suppose you should live three score years and ten suppose you live your 70 or 80 years somewhere along this season of time unless God adds a few years to you your time is over and the question is did you do in the time you had what God wanted you to do see now you see, we we'll just look at this now. Now, life is also divided up, not just to a time band. And the trouble is for you, this is the one thing I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you how long it'll be. But I can't tell you. I can tell you this, though. You're on this earth to fulfill a purpose, and God gives you exactly enough time to get it done. Even if you mess up on the way, he, he's got a way of coping with all of that and redeeming all of that and still fulfilling what he's got you on the earth for. We don't have to worry whether we mess up, but when you mess up, you waste time and you have consequences which are unnecessary, painful. Okay then. Now, let's have a look at seasons. Seasons is a period during which something happens. So here's, here's the, now we're going to see where you are. Okay. And everyone has got seasons in life. All right then. So we've got the newborn baby season. Then that baby season through goes through to toddler in a preschool. So some kids are in the preschool season. Got grandchildren in the preschool. Then you go to a primary school. Here your primary school up to around about here, your primary school. Now you've got another season called secondary school. So when you were a toddler, you basically needed to survive being born and begin to grow and develop physically. The primary thing was physical development, and there needed to be some behavior changes and development on the way here. If you never learned obedience here, believe me, for the rest of your life, you're going to suffer. If you never learnt respect here, for the rest of your life, you'll have problems. There are things to learn in every season. So when you get to a teenager, of course, then your body starts to change. Oh, my God, what's happening to me or what isn't happening to me? And I've still got the season now called teenage. Uh, one day I'm up, halfway, an uh, hour I'm, I'm down, I'm happy one minute, I'm up and down, and all kinds of things are going on in the body. But you're in that season called Now, you've got a role to fulfill in teenage years. If you're a teenager, you've got some things you've got to accomplish, and that's part of God's purpose for you. And what are you having to do? There's things to get done in that season. You see, if you drop out of your education and you mess up your education at that point, then what happens is when you get out of that season, now you've got real limited opportunities of employment. So every time you mess up a season, you carry the consequences on. You see, you had power to make choices, but you had no power over the consequences. When you make the choice, something follows. So if as a teenager here, you get involved in wrong relationships and get involved sexually, there's nothing wrong with relationships. There's nothing wrong with having sex in its time. You get involved here, you will damage yourself and the damage will go on all for the rest of your life until you can actually get into a process where you can recover from it. And it's more than just saying, Jesus, I'm sorry. The damage has already been done. Sometimes it's a physical disease. Sometimes it's something you can't ever walk away from. It's going to be there all your life unless God heals you. You will carry the consequences. Sometimes you've got memories and thoughts and stuff you're carrying, and all the time you're carrying it. Then you, you go through, and your next season, and you're a young adult. Now, young adult, you've got fresh challenges, you see. You're now looking for employment. Now, of course, if you haven't developed some consistency, some character, some reliability here, I don't want to employ you. I don't want to give you a job. What what are you going to do? You see, you missed out on things and now you've got some consequences. Now you get this bright idea. I mucked up at school. I better start training now. But it's harder now. See, then you go through and you're through between 20 and 30. Now that's going to be the season. You're going to be looking for someone. But instead of looking for someone, why don't you become the kind of person someone wants to marry? That's a time to begin to grow, develop your skills. It's a time to get a relationship with God uh, really strong in your life. It's a time to get very clarity to your purpose. It's a time for you to doing something with finance. This is a time to be doing something. There's a purpose for the season. You've got to discover what's in that purpose in that season and do it. Otherwise, you've missed your season. You missed the timing. And if you never understood how to make finances work, you see, if you learned that you put 10% to God and 10% uh, into savings, and when you were down here, you started doing that, you did it from down here, and you religiously, uh, you never deterred from it, you started to put 10% of everything you got, you started to put it away in a savings account. You know what's happening? As you go down here, there's a future ahead for you financially. You now have an enormous amount of money, even if you knew nothing about investments, just put it in the bank, and 10% of everything went into savings. You just kept saving. You'd have hundreds of thousands of dollars by here. But, of course, if you never did it, well, there won't be any money there. See, everything has a season, and everything is beautiful in its season, and it's a mess when it's not in its season. So as you go down, so you have the issue of marriage. So marriage is a wonderful thing. Then as an infant. You've got a children born. Uh, if that's God's plan for your life, it isn't for everyone. Uh, then the children grow up. Then you've got teenagers. Now you're starting to get up. Then the teenagers get to leave home. And so now you find you're in a new season of your life. The seasons are slowly changing. And you've got to understand each season, you've got to let, finish what you were called to do and move on to the next things. And then eventually you get to the point where You're in the twilight season of your life. And if you've served God and been passionate for God, you still carry life. And you realize you never retire from serving God. You never retire from your purpose. You see, what calls you, the thing that brings about the completion of your purpose is when God decides your time is up. When your time is up, then eternity begins. And now the question is, what did you do with the life you had? What did you do with it? what did you do with it think about that and where are you well I could just about tell I can tell you where I am so Bill's there 89 is that right I've so got you about 70 I'm not there yet I'm here I'm right here Then 61, just a little while ago so I'm just here Ooh, that's a lot of life is gone Woo! now that's a reality that's what the Bible says teach us to number our days so we may use every day wisely. That means you're fulfilling the purpose God gave you. Of course, when you're down here and you're a young person, you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do what I like. Nobody what what to do. I know where I'm going. I'm going to have fun. It's is going to all be a ball. See, because you think I got all of that time. But you don't know whether a car comes around the corner, you're gone at this point, and all your opportunity is now gone. Don't know that. All we do know... Is that God put you into this world for a purpose. And time, your life, is the season within which you get it done. And life is broken up into specific seasons. And in those seasons, you've got to discover what I should be doing then and do it and pursue it diligently. It's sobering, isn't it? so. That's why the psalmist said, Lord, teach me to number my days. Teach me to look at life and realize it hasn't just got forever. Uh, available for me time see for you time begins when you're born and finishes when you die the clock just you're in eternity then see god is always in eternity he's an eternal being but we live in time and for you time really is not just about the clock and about the hours and about that kind of stuff time for you is the period between when god started your opportunity to fulfill your destiny and when he finishes your opportunity to fulfill your purpose and destiny that's what time is that's what your life is your life is the season within which you discover and fulfill the reason God put you on the earth and there are people need you to find that and do it because you are assigned to help someone and touch someone's life if you live your life in sin and in bondage then what happens is you tend to miss all the opportunities. You don't understand why I'm here, so therefore you can't understand what's good and what isn't good and what will get me somewhere where I go. So we make stupid mistakes, and we, we look back and we have this trail of terrible mistakes and pain and heartache, And or we've made a lot of money, and then we find we're very, very empty. It finally comes a point where you say, oh, there's something missing in life. We had a girl come in the, last week, and she got, came in the church. First time in the church, she said, everyone here has got something I need. I, I, I'm missing. And you have, you've got eternity in your heart. You've got the the presence of the spirit of God. See, the only one who can help us fulfill our purpose is the spirit of God. The spirit of God brings us God's thoughts and leads us. And then our spirit discovers what God has built within us and we begin to develop it. So right now, see, I'm down here. So every day for me is important. And mostly for people as they grow on, that does get important. Isn't that right, Bill? Every day is important. You thank God you wake up every day. God, I've woken up. Thank God for a day. See? That's how you think differently, you see? Yeah? And he thinks, well, I'm going to go witness to some people today. And so he doesn't worry about what people think of him. When you're down there, you worry about what people think of you. Up here, you don't care a toot. He's more concerned about doing what God wants you to do. Because you realize the clock's running out. See, I, I went to Bill to talk with them about a funeral. Isn't that right? We talked about a funeral. We, talk, we see, this is life. It's going to happen. I'm saying, God, we're believing together. It's going to be a long time yet. But... The reality is it's nearer and nearer and nearer day by day. Therefore, think about it. And when you get to this point in your life, see for Bill, Bill looks around, you know what the highest point in his life will be? About the age of 60 or something, he gave his heart to the Lord. And life has just never been the same for him since he gave his heart to Christ. And then began to discover what God wanted him to do and do it passionately. Have you discovered what God called you to do? Because you're on this journey here, see? See? You're somewhere down here. Now, most of you, because we've got a lot of young people in the church tonight. Whoa, 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 whoa! Not ten. Yay! Yeah. How many? How many teenagers? How many are in this teenager? Put their hands up. Whoa! Glory to God. That's you. A lot of teenagers. Come on. Okay. How many are somewhere between uh, there between twenty and thirty? Come on, we've got the twenties and thirties. Whoa! There's a whole heap of those. This fit, Ian. Okay. How many have gone down a little further? They're between thirty and forty. Okay. How many here are in between 40 and 50? Whoa. That's called midlife. A lot of things happen to you in midlife. Not all of them good. You have to revalue life. You haven't quite the energy to keep up with the young guys and you get beaten up too much. So you've got to be a little more careful when you start to rough and tumble with them, you know. And then, of course, once you get past the 40s, and who's, how many have got in the 50s here? Only in the 50s? Woo, It's running. It's running out. It's ticking. It's ticking. It's ticking. Uh, Okay, you got here in the 60s? Oh, there we are, me and joy. Okay, praise the Lord. Glory to God. (laughs) And we are burning on fire to fulfill our purpose. And you need to be now. If there was anything I could do, that would be different. I would want to have discovered Christ very young. And discovered his purpose for my life and then single-mindedly pursued it. I, I regret deeply the times outside Christ. I deeply regret them, and I carry the impact of them to this day. God forgives us, but the impact you carry. And God has used it and given me grace to become who I am. So even our mistakes he can redeem. But you've got to decide this. You've only got one life to live. Your life is the period of time when you have opportunity to discover and fulfil your purpose. Time is really important. It's really important. Let's give them all a clap and thank them all. Yeah. Fantastic! Ooh, time is really important, huh? Say, time is really important so now see in God's eyes how do you measure success in your life so success is connected to time see you you can only succeed if you've got a bit of time to succeed so what is success then how are we going to see success and time are very connected now of course you know people say well you've lived a long life that's success no it isn't there's people over there I I was talking to a guy the other day goodness me it was actually quite a night We were at a wedding and this guy was sitting next to me I got to talk with him I couldn't believe it the guy had to be well into his 80s but get this His father had been a Cossack driven out of Russia by Stalin. He'd married this woman, a Bulgarian. They'd lived in Europe. And this young guy at the age of 11, when the the Germans invaded his nation, was captured by the Germans, escaped from the Germans, separated from his family, fought as a partisan at the age of 11 through to 15 in, in in the hills of Yugoslavia. And then came out totally changed because of what he'd faced and what he'd experienced. Left there and came out, had a new life in New Zealand. But it was amazing to see that he had experienced all these things over the course of his life. And I said to him, I said, Did the war have, what effect has the war had on you? Do you still remember it? See, we're talking 1942 to 44. He said, I still wake up having nightmares. Isn't that interesting? Still wake up screaming because I was exposed to things I should never have been exposed to. And the impact is with me till today. Isn't that interesting? You see, and at least he's 80. He can't get rid of the stuff. He needs the Lord. We're able to start to talk with him a little bit about that. And, and uh, he's, got, he's got peace in his heart. and he's got, uh, it's Obviously, there's an awareness of God. See, so success. How do you measure success in your life? You see? God intends you to live for eternity. So success in life is not how long you lived. Jesus lived 33 years and he was a success. We tend to think a person lives 33 years. Boy, that was a bummer. That was a failure. Whew. Couldn't he have done something better than that? You know? Got little, well, you know, hung around. There's a lot of people in miracles and things. No, he, his success was not measured by how long his life was on the earth. See, because life is just the period of time you get your, your purpose fulfilled. And when he finished his life and he fulfilled his purpose, then it's over and he finished. And so he finished at the right time, the right thing. And he was very conscious of timing, very conscious of timing. Uh, the disciples, when they saw his miracles, said, "Come on, let's really promote you. Let's get a promotional campaign now. This is the time." And he said, "No, it's not the time for me to present myself like this. Not the time." Now the time he comes to a point, and he kneels in the garden, he says, "Father, the hour has now come." He had an incredible sense of timing. Incredible sense of time. He's able to say in John 17.1, now the time is now when I'm going to depart. In fact, he told his disciples, uh, I'm going to leave shortly. I'm going to be crucified, put to death, and rise again the third day. They didn't even, they're like this, blah, 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 blah. Didn't hear a thing? Tried to talk him out of it. He would not be talked out of fulfilling his purpose. You've got to be the same. So time is really important. Now, the, the, the question then is not how old you are or how long you live. The question is, what did you do with the life and the chance God gave you? What are you doing with your life? You see, if you're a young person, you think, I got all ahead of me, and I don't worry about it, I just follow the crowd. Listen, the crowd, the majority of them are going to hell. Don't follow the crowd. Get some godly people to follow and align yourself with them. See, how will we know whether you succeeded? Success is measured by, did you do what God wanted you to do? Listen, at school right now, there's some things God wants you to do. He wants you to learn how to learn. Wants you to learn to apply yourself to difficult tasks. You may not like some of the things you do. I used to have kids come and say, Why do you have to learn this? What use is this? I'll teach you to wash dishes. That'll be a great use to you then. But it won't actually get anyone paying you, and if they do pay, it won't pay you much. See, listen, the thing was not about just the things they learned, the thing was actually learning how to apply yourself to difficult tasks and grow in character and see things through. Now, you're in a time in your life where the way you, one of the ways you represent God, it's, a, it's represented most of your life and your school. Therefore, how you live, how you relate, you're either fulfilling your purpose or sabotaging it. This is the time to make these decisions. What do I want to do? What do I need to learn? What kind of character do I need to build? What kind of person am I going to be? What friends should I have? And who should I cut it off with? You've got to ask those questions. See, when you're in this season of your life, I've learned this. If young people connect to the wrong people, it derails their whole life. Who you relate to will help you succeed in fulfilling your purpose or it'll sabotage you. The Bible says a companion of fools gets destroyed. A person who works with walks with wise men, that person will become wise. And wise people are people who know God's ways and can help you in it. Listen, there's a guy by the name of Terah in the Bible. Like just for the interest of time, I'm going to all the, the, the specific verses. Now, it, when you look at the Bible, it looks like there's a huge mistake. It said, Terah, this Abraham's father, Terah was about 70 when he had Abraham. And then it said, Terah died when Abraham was 75. So how much does that make him now? 145? 145. Okay, then. then it tells us in the Bible that he was 205 when he died. And when you look at it very clearly, you realize then that Terah made a terrible decision. He had an opportunity to walk into the purpose of God alongside his son, Abraham. But you know what he did? He got to a place where he was disappointed and he stopped. And when he stopped, when he stopped moving forward, when he stopped embracing change, when he stopped embracing purpose, God said of him, he died. He died. The prodigal son. What did the father say about the prodigal son? He said he was dead. He wasn't dead physically. Why was he, what does he what do you mean? He was dead. Simply this. In terms of eternal purpose, he's dead. He's not fulfilling anything. He's just wasting his life. It's really important to understand these things. If you are just wasting your life, then in terms of eternity and destiny and purpose, you're dead. When you connect with God and begin to align yourself with the one who made you and gave you purpose and start to live to please him and discover what you're called to do, you're alive. And the time clock now, you are starting to accomplish your purpose in life. That's why it's important for us to discover it. And I'll share how to discover it in these next couple of Sunday mornings. So it's inviting we recognize the time and the season. Let me finish with one last verse. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 5. Ephesians 4 and verse 5. See, when you die and leave time and go into eternity, see? When you die and leave time and go into eternity, we'll all carry on in time, but you're now in eternity. We've got a climb and we've got a clock. You're not worried about the clock. I was not worried about a clock. That's why he never worries about turning up. He always turns up just at the right time, but we don't think it's the right time. We get a bit upset. It's not When we wanted him to turn up, or do something. And he knows how to work it all out. And look, listen to what it tells us in Ephesians 4 and verse 5. It tells Ephesians 4 and verse 5, it says this. Oh, I've got, obviously got the wrong verse there. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, it says, redeeming the time. Here it is. It's for chapter 5, verse 15. See then that you walk wisely, not as fools, but wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Do not be unwise. Or don't be stupid, but understand what the will of God is. It's vital that you recognize your purpose in life and get busy fulfilling it. So he said, that's this. He said, don't be a stupid person in the way you live your life. The stupid person says no to God and begins to waste his life. The wise person understands the will of God or the purpose of God for their life and they busy themselves doing it. How can you tell if a person's wise or foolish? Easy. Fool keeps saying no to God. The wise one embraces that he's got an eternity ahead of him and he's got a limited time to get something done and he's saying yes to God and starting to outwork what God wants him to do. That makes him wise. Why is he wise? Is it because he's smart? No, because he's discovered the source of life, the source of wisdom, and he's starting to do something. So the Bible says, redeem the time. Now, the word redeem means to pay a price to get something back. So, so if a person is kidnapped, you pay a ransom to get them back. And that's the word redeem. You pay a ransom. It costs you something, to get a prisoner back. It costs you something to redeem your time. See, if you're going to use time wisely and fulfill your purpose, it's going to cost you something. And here's what it'll cost you. Very, very simply. Number one, you need to build a relationship with God. That'll take time. It'll cost you something. cost you something to build a relationship with God. Number two, you need to begin to apply yourself to discover how God wants you to live your life. That will cost you something to adjust your life. Number three, you need to associate with people who can inspire you to continue down that track. Now, let me, just, let me say something else for you to think about. Your true friends, true friends, are the ones who will help you fulfill the purpose of God for your life. Your enemies are the ones who will take you away from the purpose of God for your life. And you start to have a look around who you think are your friends. Listen to what they're saying. Your true friends are the ones who encourage you to walk in the purpose of God. Those who are your enemies are sabotaging the very reason God put you on the earth by trying to get you to go another way. You see, now no one comes up and says that really they come up and say they're the enemy. They come up and they smile and try and get you. Come on, do this. Come on, do this. Come on, let's go down this. And we'll do some drink. Come on, let's have a drink. Let's go to the party. Let's try one of these pills. Let's do this. Do this. Listen. That's your enemy. Make no mistake you listen to their counsel and walk down that path, it will take you away from the very reason God put you into the earth. You've got to smarten up. The Bible says redeem the time. Redeem the time because there's a lot of things around taking you away from where you ought to go. Redeem the time means I got to pay the price to be able to walk with God. I got to pay the price to find God's plan, God's words, God's direction, and how to live my life and relationships, and be willing to do it. And it's sometimes not easy. The hardest decisions for me were the ones where people that I loved wanted something to be wanted me to do a certain thing with my life, and God was saying, "Do something else." If I had gone and pleased them and done what they wanted, I'd have never been here. You have to fulfill what God called you to do. And that will take the building of relationships. It takes time to build relationships with people who can aspire us. Listen, connect with people who are moving forward in God and got some direction in their life because it'll rub off on you. If you're doing nothing and have no direction in your life, you get tired with doing nothing. Finally, you need to set goals. You need to write down See, goals are the practical steps to get you where you believe God wants you to go. They're the practical ways that purpose outworks. And you begin to learn what God wants you to do. Now, when you're a young person, it isn't all plain. See, at at the age of 17, Joseph knew he was called to lead, but he had no idea how that would all work out. And there was a process of preparation. It took 13 years of preparation for him to get ready to get into the place God wanted him. You are in your season of preparation For the great things God has for you. What are you doing to prepare yourself? What goals have you set that is helping you build to become the kind of man or woman God could work through? You've got truth in your words. You've got honesty. You've got integrity. You've got purity. You're knowing God's plan. You've got a relationship with God. You're walking right, making good decisions. Even if you make some bad ones, doesn't matter. I'm not worried about that. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though we fall, though we fall, the Lord will uphold him with his hand, lift him up again. You don't have to worry about whether you fall over and make a mistake, just get up again and keep walking down that path. And it'll cost you something. So goals are specific things you've written down that will give you a measuring point whether you're walking towards what God has for you. Let's just close our right, eyes. Father, we just thank you today. You have called us to redeem the time. Called us to pay the price. To make good use of the giftings, the talents, the resources, the time, the opportunities you've given to every one of us. Father, I pray that there will be a burning fire ignited in the heart of every person here to connect with you and discover why you put them on this earth. And who you want them to connect to. That your purpose for their life can be outworked. Lord, I pray that every young person here will feel the pull of the Holy Ghost to break out of the culture of youth in our region and become purposeful and focused, knowing where they're going and living a life that honors you. Let's just close our eyes now just for a little longer. I just want to ask you this question. Is any person here who doesn't yet know Jesus Christ? You're, just, you're not a Christian. You're not connected to God in a personal relationship. But tonight you'd want to be. Something is stirred in your heart. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Why don't you just raise your hand, just let me know tonight. You want to give your life to God. You want to open your life to the purpose of God. You want to actually connect with God. See, the only way I can discover my purpose fully is if I connect to the one who designed me. And so when, when I receive Jesus Christ and acknowledge I've sinned and I've walked away from God and done my own thing and just done what I felt to do in life and haven't really discovered him and discovered what he's called me to do, that's what sin is. Not just all the bad stuff. It's actually just running a life without God. But when I come to him and say, Lord, I just want to connect with you. I want to discover my purpose and destiny. I want to fulfill that. And, we, and I receive Jesus. I, I'm just connecting to Jesus. And you know when we do that, God puts his spirit in our heart. Spirit of God lives within us. And as we listen to the Holy Spirit and listen to the voice of our own spirit, we begin to discover the things that God has for us. I am so glad that someone shared the gospel with me. I'm so glad for godly men who helped me discover what was in me that I never knew. I'm so glad for the opportunities God's given me. I am so burdened that you would not waste your life, but your life would be focused. Paul got to the end of his and he said, I have finished my course. I'm about to depart. I have run my race and finished it. I have fought my fight and prevailed over every distraction. Now, time for me is coming to an end that I fulfill my purpose and a crown, a reward that will go on for eternity waits for me. You would want it to be said of you the same thing. You'd want to say the same things. But it starts today by saying, Lord, I'm determined to walk with you and discover your purpose for my life and to embrace it. Not to fight you and argue with you but to just embrace it. You see more in me than I see. I'm willing to embrace what you want me to do. I wonder how many young people today felt really challenged that you should discover your purpose and not waste your time. How many felt challenged that you are wasting your time? Time is going by day after day, and you're just wasting the opportunities. If that's you tonight, and you say, God, I really want to to redeem the time. I want to begin to start to focus my life. Would you help me? Would you raise your hand right now? Just put your hand up right now, wherever you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord. I want to pray for those ones who put their hand up. I want to pray. See, this is a season in the church when God's, every week has been talking to us about purpose. The why you are here. Not just one message. Every week God talks to me about this thing. I'm just on a roll on it and I'm keeping on it till my life has shifted. And I want yours to shift too. Each person here that felt that God has really been challenging them, and tonight you felt I have been wasting time in doing stuff that's just wasting my life, wasting my finances. I really want my life to be focused. If that's you tonight, why don't you just step out up to the front and just in your heart, just build an altar to the Lord, begin to talk with Him. Lord, I want to be a Jeremiah in my generation. I want to be a Daniel. And my, I want to be like David and serve my generation by the purpose of God. I do not want my life to be frittered away, wasted away with, with things that just, just cause such pain and heartache and I've got to get over it again another week or six months or a year. Perhaps there's some tonight and you're older and time is gone. and When you look back, the thing you regret more than anything is just the wasted time. You look at it and you realize, I have wasted so much time. So much time watching soap operas. So much time just watching television, fiddling around. The clock has been ticking. Tonight you feel an awareness. Time is important. I want to recommit my life and refocus my life on discovering what God wants me to do with it and then purposefully accomplish it. If that you want, you just come out and stand up here too. Young and old, same thing. God has a purpose for our life. It's most important we discover it and passionately pursue it. If you felt God really challenging you tonight, say, God, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. Thank you, Lord. God bless Any others tonight? Any others tonight? God, be speak it to you. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How fantastic have so many young people here I reckon among older ones here tonight they'd be, you'd be like me, you'd look back and there's a lot of things you've regretted but, but you don't have to look back and stay in a place of regret you just bring it to the Lord and say God use it as a, as a catalyst for me to go forward look at this young generation here all wanting to make something with their life but they need, they need to be connected to people who can help them you say well I don't know what my purpose is what's well, that one thing you could do you could help a young person you got a stable marriage, stable family, bring them into your home. Give them a meal, talk to them. Bring several of them and have a lot of fun together. Go and take them out the for coffee out there in the coffee bar sit to them and talk to them. What's your dreams? What are your hopes? What do you really want to do? And I can help you with some of that. Maybe some of you are able to give financial advice. Maybe some of you are able to give just counsel on, on, on practical matters. we have all got something to give and God calls us to someone. Some of you as adults, He's calling you to, to work with younger ones. And say, God, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. I've always wanted to do that. How do I get started? It starts by saying, Yes, God. I want everyone to stretch their hands to the people up the front here. And uh, Every leader that I've got here that's got a touch of God around your life, would you come up right now? we going to lay hands on them and pray for them and just ask God to impart to them that this next month's their life will become incredibly focused, begin to go forward. And young people, if you've made a mistake, don't worry about the mistakes. Just be honest with God. God, I really blew it. I thought there was life in it and it's messed me up. I'm just letting it all go. I'm embracing you. I'm embracing your plan. And I want to learn your word. I want to discover what I should do. I want to learn how to build relationships. I, I want so much I want to learn. Father, let your presence, let your anointing come, let your love come. Right, why well, come on up and pray for some people? Bill, why don't you come up and pray for some people? Come on, Ray and Attica, pray for some people. You don't have to pray a big lengthy prayer. Just lay hands on them. Ask God's love and presence to touch them. The others need to come. Come on then. Come on, Terry, don't sit down there, Dave. Come on, just come and pray for young ones. Pray for them.